Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Hey, how's it going? This is Champagne Sharks. This is uh, Trevor. I feel like I am uh, on my last legs. I got some kind of cold or flu or something, but... Um, Bear with me. I'm doing my best. And we have with us today, um, Kenny. Say what's up, Kenny. Let people what's know up, where y'all? Find what's you. up, what's up? Uh, hey, guys. Uh, you can find me on... Um, oh, it's not called Twitter anymore. Yes, it's X. X. <laughs> you find no, me on, I, yeah, we call it Zwitter. The X, <laughs> X-W-I-T-T, whatever, Zwitter. Uh, you can find me on there at Victory Slap. 4700. Yeah. And uh, we have returning guests with us, um, Jace, Jason England uh, from the world of academia and literature and criticism. And if you don't mind, just letting people know um, um, more about you and where to find you. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that I take kindly to that introduction. I don't feel <laughs> in the world of academia and literature whatsoever, and I probably won't be in academia much longer. And that's oh, a wow. story. Um and has a lot to do with uh, race and some of the post-George Floyd stuff and, and the response I've seen from the institution. One of my close friends, you know, Professor Rich Purcell, yeah. he offered from University of Mississippi, was not retained. And um, as the head of the committee that put together the surface, the survey for why we can't retain black faculty, that was a little too on the nose. You mm. know? Um, but yeah, I, I teach at Carnegie Mellon. Um, I'm off this semester, thankfully, and uh, I'm from New York City, born and raised. I uh, have been all around the country from Iowa to North Carolina to Hollywood to Minneapolis, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and Northampton, Massachusetts. I've been traveling, living a nomadic life a bit. Um, you can find me somewhere on that X app, but I do not tweet much. I think it's very unhealthy to be on social media too much. And I think we'll talk about some reasons why I feel that way when we talk about what I wrote. Okay. Sounds sounds good. I mean, uh, people know my struggles with uh, how much I hate, how much I hate it. I mean, to the chagrin of a lot of people, some people get mad, it's like, shut up about it, you know, but uh, it's funny. The people who complain the most about it, usually when they write about it, are kind of very, very toxic. And I'm like, okay, I, I see why you, why you get offended by it because you're part of the poison. Like, you know, like, uh, this is the poison defending the syringe. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, no, I totally, I totally feel you on that. I feel like it's ruined a lot of discourse, including the discourse around, um, culture. It's, uh, we were already headed toward a hot take culture. And I think social media, uh, accelerated that hot takeification of everything, uh, to a large degree. And I think that goes with um, hip hop as well, which uh, leads us to uh, your piece. Your piece is 50 years later. Is there anything left of uh, hip hop? Mm -hmm. And how would you summarize uh, that piece? Well, well, first of all, you know, let's um, let me just say that the, the piece was not called 50 years later. Is there anything left of hip hop, which I think is a very loaded title. So yeah. what I'm saying is I didn't call it that. Once you hand it over to the editor, in order to get yeah. players, there may be a different sort of title. Mine was Hip Hop at 50, Midlife Crisis. The question for me is, you know, um, are we having real conversations about it? Um, because the discourse feels very mainstream, very white. Um, you know, so it's kind of like the, the, the James Baldwin thing about America. It's like, hey, if I'm a citizen, I reserve the right to criticize what I love. Can we have a real conversation here? So um, one of the common misconceptions that I found is that some people feel like I was saying hip hop is dead. I felt like by paragraph two, I was saying, hey, that's a hackneyed trope. Tate said that 20 years ago. And I love Tate. And, and Tate gave a very great reasoned argument for what he was saying about the marriage to capitalism and what we've lost in terms of the spirit of the culture. But I was saying that's not what I'm here to do, because um Vandermeer in that book in 84 said that every single one, I don't do lists, but let's say I had a list of top 50 albums. Every single one of my favorite 50 albums came out after Vandermeer said, yo, this shit is dead. So obviously I don't believe that. But my question is, given that it is alive and it's in a very strange phase, 
And some of the forefathers need their teeth fixed. And I don't even mean that insultingly. Like, I'm, I think that's a very, like, that broke my heart to see some of these people like MC Shan on, on film. And I'm like, yo, bro, we got to care for the elders in this culture. And some of the people who came after them who made a whole lot of money on it are leaning in ways that are very anti-Black, anti-hip-hop and how I recall um, the culture being structured. Is there a way we can actually talk about what's happening and how the culture has been decentralized, right? And how did we arrive at this point? And so I wanted to kind of spark a discussion that went be, be beyond like um, these uh, these sort of like adjective laden celebrations, like the hip hop, the funk, the sway, the juke and the jab, you know, like, hey, let's get flowers to the outfits. So like, bro, Bismarck and Rakim's outfits and MC Light's outfits, we were talking about that 30 years ago, right? This is this is old hat. These are paint by number pieces. I'm actually intrigued by the culture. This is my culture, you know? Um, I really want to talk about it. I'm hungry for it. And so, so much writing out there about it is so empty now. Uh, and so few people are engaging it on its terms and, and realistically. And that's really what I wanted to spark, a real discussion. I wasn't coming to say, hey, man, the coach is dead, man. And you niggas killed it. <laughs> you know, so um, let me just clarify that. Well, one thing I wanted to do is I wanted to take um, a lead a little bit in the beginning because um, add a few, add a few slight disagreements but kenny i think had more um um substantive I don't disagreements even, i don't even i, I mean they, i mean they could be one thing i w do agree with is that yeah. the way hip-hop is written about today is horrible you know what i mean you got these sites like hip-hop dx and you know what i'm saying where they do things on purpose like it's a lot of clout and trolling you know what i'm saying like but this is the thing the i'm trolling 42 is years big, old yeah, yeah. Is, yeah tro i know they're trolling but i'm 42 <laughs> years old so i know how to duck the trolling because i know better you know now now if you're going to engage in that then you're going to get what you get right but one thing i do know for sure is that when we i read the piece i read it a couple of times and i actually screenshot some stuff whatever and i had took some notes but one of the things for me is i grew up on the west coast i was born in inglewood california i live in portland oregon now and i can remember growing up on the west coast where our music was seen as less than and when i was reading the piece it's a great first of all it's a great piece but when i'm reading the piece I felt like there's something missing as far as like the uh, the respect for for what it is today. One of the things that you see a lot, and this is a, a lot of this, uh, uh, a lot of people that be trolling, they always make it like hip hop today is garbage. It ain't no good. The music that's garbage today didn't exist. 35 years ago when I know damn well it did. I remember. I was one of them dudes that bought CDs every week. I watched Rap City, UMTV raps. I was engaged. I was involved. I got family members that rap. I, my, the first time I ever remember hearing rap was um, Run DMC and like Force MDs. But the first time I actually engaged, my cousin, my cousin Ishmael is 47, he's 46 or 47. And he was the one that in the family that had all the all the CDs and stuff I never heard. De La Soul and LL Cool J. I never heard that stuff. So when I first heard it, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, this ain't The Whispers. This ain't Prince. This is different. This is definitely different. You know hey, what I mean? Hey, I, I was listening to The Whispers today, so no disrespect to The Whispers either. But yeah, no disrespect <laughs> to The Whispers. You know what I'm saying? But it was different. You know what I mean? I knew, but I, but this is the thing about it is I knew it didn't take me to have to say, well, what is this? You know, I knew what it was because mm -hmm. this culture comes from the hood. Like, I know what it is. Now, that being said, depending on where you come from, it's going to look different. It's going to look different. You know what I'm saying? L.A., hip hop in L.A., when you go back, it was a lot of like <laughs> me and T was talking about it. A, what was that about a week ago when you were going to that uh, Egyptian lover show? You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, 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 yeah, I, I was I was in L.A. and I was going to an Egyptian lover. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but see, but that was lit. But and I can remember when Egyptian Lover, like I, I, I call it um because I'm I'm really into like records and music. Like when you listen to Egyptian Lover, you're hearing Tour de France. You know what I'm saying? You're hearing you're hearing uh these records that were like um electro records or something like that. And it wasn't really respected. So when I'm reading the piece, and it's something that you had said when you were talking about how um I have it. You said you said that um basically like basically what you was explaining is that hip hop is like a caricature of what it was. You know what I mean? And you made a, a point about it. Um, you said, let's blow out the candles. Hip hop is 50 and leaning more towards Andrew Tate than Greg Tate. And I thought about that. And I was like, yeah, but we've always had uh, Andrew Tate's in this in this culture. And in, in this, in, I mean, I mean, if you really I mean, you know what I mean? Like when you really go deep into it, I can remember getting in trouble for listening to Too Short. Uh, <laughs> so, something, yeah. something, something I remember with the Andrew Tate thing. Right. Uh, I don't know, Kenny, if you remember this episode we did, uh, but uh Jason, we did an episode a couple of during COVID where 
uh, we were playing uh, uh, proto incel hip hop, and we were just yeah. noticing <laughs> how much old hip hop was low key, like really incel, like uh, yeah. like Cool G rap, truly yours. And, yeah. you know, he, and, and a lot of people like you dissed me before. Now you bitches ain't shit, oh, oh. and all this stuff. And we were like. Like we, I didn't, we didn't realize how low key incelly a lot of uh you know iconic rap was you know so I, you know I, I think yeah. I did realize that though and and I, I do want to speak to some of these points so yeah and I'm not gonna like here's what I, here's what I feel like about this conversation Ken this is a good faith conversation right so we're engaging with the points I made in peace and then we're going back and forth about our experience with hip hop right part of what I the online stuff that throws me off is I'm from where I'm from. Now, take past that I'm from where I'm from. Grew up how I grew up. I'm 6'6", 250. Some of y'all online got to lower your voice and watch your tone. Don't talk to another black person talking about hip hop. Oh, get this motherfucker out of here. Oh, I know you was at your family picnic doing the deal to the swag. So that wasn't in my piece, brother. And you weren't at my family picnic and you'd be scared to be at my family picnic. I'm not saying you, but a whole lot of people talking this online, right? Now, if you want to know what I was talking about, then we can talk about it. But one... And this is true. The funny thing is I was not trying to write some kind of rehash of comments. I used to love her. I didn't even like that song. I was a New York dude who listened to other stuff. That was always what marked me. Like, as soon as Outcast came out, I was on it. I brought it back to Harlem. Cats were like, yo, it's this. You know, like, at first. Hugh was huge in Harlem. Pac was huge in Harlem in ways he wasn't in Brooklyn. Even regionally, things were different in New York. But West Coast yeah. stuff was a very big thing where I was from. And I was getting into it. And I listened to, like, beyond the, like, shit like Soldier Mischief and Farside. Like, when you talk about the artsy, smarty, arty type shit that sounded a little East Coast. I was listening to anything that came out. Another Level was whack as hell. I was listening to Another Level, though. I copped the album. I wanted to hear all of that. You know, and I said, I, you know what? It's funny you said, I don't want to cut you off, but that's exactly what I told T. I said, you know, the thing about it is the West Coast gets labeled as basically LA. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And 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 the only thing that gets talked about is gangster rap. When you yeah. talk about the far side, you talk about Mad Lib. Mad Lib is from, you know, Mad, LA. Mad Lib is, is the greatest producer in the history of rap to me personally. Al- Alchemist is from Beverly Hills. Yes. You got evidence in Venice Beach. Like all yes. these, and this is, and I, me and T talked about this because when he just went to LA and we were talking, I said, you could tell how when you listen to hip hop of, 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 of basically how the media portrays it and how people write about hip hop to a, to a most degree, they don't, they don't associate all these different cultures that are in, in LA County. So you got Oxnard, which is where Mad Lib comes from and his brother. Oh no. You got Venice mm-hmm. beach where evidence and dilated comes don't from. Don't forget about got, Declaim. AKA yeah, exactly. Declaim. And we ain't even talked about the Bay area yet. No, Matt the Drake, Bay is his own thing. That's a whole it's different thing. thing. But it, but part of me, when I was reading it, I was like, I wonder, because I didn't even know, I hadn't got through. I was like, man, this dude from New York. I know he from New oh, York. Yeah. I'm from you know New what I'm saying? I was like, and it, what it sounded like was because it's not New York centered. And I, and this could be my mistake because I see a lot of people do this online. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about people that just got these hot takes and just saying anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they don't pick through it. You know what I mean? I wanted to pick through the article and I was like, right, and, and I, me and T, we talk about this a lot too. I'm like, okay, these some a lot of New York fans, they don't. It's not that they even heard a lot of the music from somewhere else. They just don't like it. But but, but but I will say this. I do think it's kind of an exaggeration because that type of New Yorker did exist. And I think they were very vocal. But um, oh, yeah. They'll tell um, you that some dogs got classic albums that are better than anything. That can, you know, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I listened to Cali Agents when it came out. Right, I still right. listen to Planet Asia. Like, you know, this right. is what I'm saying. a lot yeah. of people. We're assuming, oh, you're not finding the music. And I'm like, nah, mm-hmm. I listen to more music than 99% of y'all. Like I can I can rattle off a lot of stuff that people are, have not heard when they're like, you got to dig. I know what yeah. the point is we didn't used to have to dig. There were centralized, vetted uh, sort of experts, right? There were hip hop Bibles and there were problems with the source and other magazines. Oh, yeah. We did Man. have those sort of things where it was like, all right, we vetted this. This new shit is coming from here, here, and here. And it's passed some sort of test where we're saying, yeah, this passes the smell test. And there's still dope hip hop all over. But some of the examples that were given, they're like, how can you say that when Cardi B is? And I'm like, bro. Oh, yeah, online, there were some terrible takes. I saw somebody right. say, like, like, uh, how can you say hip hop is dead when Lil Nas X? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, you I would, I would things that serious. white yeah. people can tell me. And that's yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the, and that's the bad thing. Light in the yeah. ass. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I don't think about that. So just to clarify uh, that, yeah. and, and and listen, 
The other thing is, that was a long-ass piece, man. It was so long, I didn't think people were going to read it when I gave it to the editor. Oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? That's all. But something that people have to remember, too, and somebody was like, uh, there's no real female hip-hop. It's a very sish head. Oh, no. The piece can't be everything. I'm Look, not I'm going to tell you straight up right now. I, I I didn't I didn't get a chance to see the comments or nothing like that, but I can already yeah. tell the and I hate to say this. This sounds really yeah. fucked up. The wrong people are engaging with this piece. Oh, yeah. 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 The wrong the, 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 people the are guy engaging the with cis, this piece. The guy who said the cis head thing, you would totally recognize him. His name is I forget his name is Dr. David Paul. I forget what his name is. A whole but, lot of people said it. But yeah, 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 yeah. But I feel like the people like that, that's a knee-jerk reaction to everything. They want to make everything into a gender war thing. Cause yeah. cause, cause, cause you didn't specify gender at all. No, no, I didn't see anything about that in, yeah. in here at but, all. But let's also remember that a piece can't be everything, right? There can't right. be a checklist of things that actually renders the piece soulless and bland because you're trying to check every box and offend as few people as possible. And also, it just reminds me of when Snoop was hosting Girls Going Wild and yeah. he People put pressure on him and he started said he, he said, I'm not gonna host it unless you get some black chicks up on here. Some types of diversity and equality are not good. Like, yo, I'm not gonna do this unless there are black women being exploited as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. you want me to make a list of black women who are trash in hip hop? Like, is that what you're saying? Like, I'm what I'm saying is, well, let's take stock of some of the weirder things of the culture. I'm not saying the whole culture is trash. I'm saying, can we acknowledge? That 50 years in, a lot of shit went a lot of different ways we didn't expect. Do you want me to also make a list of women and be like, oh, by the way, these women are trash or something like Like, I can't cover everything. And not only that, there are people like um, Shamari Ibrahim who wrote a whole piece on uh, women in hip hop at 50. But you can get that other sources. That's not necessarily my territory to even mine. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm not arrogant enough to be like, yo, I'm the dude that's supposed to write about women in hip hop. That wasn't that kind of piece. Uh, something that was pretty interesting to me about what um, Kenny's saying about you know New Yorkers uh, hating hip hop. I'll give a full confession. I was one of those New York people that was uh, very regional and territorial. I would not give uh, West Coast hip hop a chance unless it sounded like like New Yorkers. I, I, I was that guy. And it was New York people that pushed back against me the most because like there was a significant amount of people in New York. Like uh, New Yorkers, first off, loved Ice Cube. So they would keep playing Ice Cube for me. I'm like, I don't want to listen to this guy. But all my friends went to Ice Cube. And I remember, like, I just started, like, breaking down by the time I went to college. And uh, by the time um, The Chronic uh, came out, like, everybody in New York was... And I met people from New York who liked Tupac better than Biggie. Like, something that would happen. But I feel like those people don't really get a voice in the discourse because you don't really see a lot of people in the message boards like hey, i'm from new york and i'm taking the west coast side of this you know it would be like the east coast purists i think that were kind of the face of you know new york discourse well, well, but well, and the, and the but, thing but, about it is yeah there was the a thing, very strong strong pro well, west well, coast pro southern uh i, I mean I, let me say this real quick even the, the epmd video uh for the big payback uh they're the shooting range with nwa like you know yeah. So there was always artists hanging out with yeah. West Coast. Um, yeah, let's not yeah. forget about yeah. Rest in Peace, Shock G, Sugar Free. Like, there's so much yeah. shit I yeah. listen to from the West Coast on a daily basis. So the problem, the problem is, is that, and I, I sent that clip. I don't know if T, if you watched it, but uh, Soren Baker yeah. was on um, the Art of Dialogue with MC8 and somebody else, and he said that when he worked for the Source, they would go out of their way to remove mics from West Coast artists and artists that weren't from the East Coast, mainly New York. And I was, and I sent it tomorrow and I said, see, we knew, mm-hmm. we knew something wasn't right. But like we knew this back then. And it almost seemed like if you was coming from LA, you either had to mimic, if you mimic New York, then we was going to look at you like you was crazy. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we know that we ain't, we ain't wearing Timberlands out here. Homie, it's too hot. You know what I'm saying? We don't do that. You know? So it's like, we didn't get a chance. And, and on the West Coast, we love y'all shit. Like we, I grew up on Dayline, Tribe, and Jungle Brothers, and I heard all of that. We knew we knew who NWA was, but we didn't get to see them as much because they were really underground. Like if you had an NWA tape before they went really mainstream, you was a lucky motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like we would get Bay Area artists like JT the Bigger Figure, Mac Dre. They weren't signed. These dudes were on independent labels. So the only I, way you I, I could, love Mac Dre. Yeah, the only way you can get them tapes was if you knew somebody. Like my cousin lived in San Francisco. You know what I'm saying? So he would come up with 415 uh, uh, tapes and arm and all this other kind of stuff. So that's how we would get it. But we love New York. So when all the pushback came, we couldn't understand, like, why y'all hating? Like, it doesn't but, make but, any sense. 
sense. But but you know, what I think what the irony was, though, is if you talk to people from the South, they'll lump L.A. and New York together the same way you're lumping New York. So I see you from the South. They're like, New York and L.A. niggas weren't giving us any shine. They but they're lying. They're lying, dude. They're lying because L.A. Yeah. and, and Bay, specifically the Bay Area. Bay Area artists been collabing with the South since day one. Yeah, but I think it's a similar thing. I think from the outside, things look a certain way. Because because that's what I'm saying. There were always a lot of New York people that were fucking with uh, L.A. But I think there was like a very vocal part. And but I they admit, weren't doing I, music with West Coast. Or I think the first time was Ice Cube and the Bomb Squad, Chuck D. But, 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 but y'all, are, y'all are highlighting something for me that I think is interesting and why this is a, a complex topic that people have to talk about. Because we all bring to the table these sort of preconceived straw men we're ready to argue against. Like, it's like an open wound, right? And there are a lot of different cultures that we're talking about here. Like, first of all, hip-hop culture and Black culture are very different things. They might have dovetailed. They're two different things, yeah. But they're different things. And sometimes some of the people online I see who are critics are these jack-of-all-trades, everything Black. They they don't know shit. They don't know nothing, yeah. New York culture and hip-hop culture also are intertwined, but they're not the same thing past a certain either right right i'm a new york dude in terms of where i grew up i'm a hip-hop kid in terms of my origins no doubt and i stayed with hip-hop so like mca we come strapped i'm still trying to figure out who little hawk and bird are i I mean i look you i I listen to the new mc8 albums like if things come out i listen to them and, and the new stuff I dig for, I, I'm into crews from Wilmington, Delaware. Like, this shit is all over now. Yeah. And even the kids from Delaware, um, who I'm thinking of, of um, Mobilari, um, All Hell YT, and Jay Nice, and uh, Rush Dollar Sign. Like, they have these weird, like, some of them lived in Texas for part of the time. And they got, like, an old school boom bat meets sort of like a Texas UGK thing. And there's, like, West Coast funk and synth in it. And it's really fascinating to see the evolution where, like, people do double time raps, West Coast raps. Like, mm-hmm. all of it is kind of melted together. And there's a lot of interesting stuff out there. Just don't come at me and say, have you listened to the same shit that the white people are dancing to? Yeah, Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. know it in real time. General rule. White people in real time are telling you it's subversive. It ain't subversive. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not. And that's the that's the bad thing is that sometimes in these conversations with hip hop, the, when the wrong people get involved, those are usually the people that are trying to Christopher Columbus this shit. You know oh, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I know who Mac Lamore is. Yeah, I know who Eminem is. Yeah, I know who all these dudes are. You know what I'm saying? But that's not the point. When we're talking about hip hop, when we want to have if we're going to have a conversation and I don't really mind having the discourse conversations about hip hop, because to me, hip hop is like boxing. Like there is no unified, uh, you know, governing body. You know what I'm saying? It's just pretty much it's always been a free for all because and one minute you got, you know, hip hop, hip hop that was positive and pro black. Then we get horrorcore hip hop like Grave Diggers and, you know, oh, yeah. all this crazy like Brother Lynch hung. And, you know, what I mean, so I've always looked at it like, yeah, that's just not for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say that something is bad because it's because I don't like it. Now, if it's whack, it's whack. You know what I'm saying? But there's something for everybody. And I think sometimes when the wrong people get a hold of these pieces sure. like yours, they immediately start trying to they basically Christopher Columbus your piece. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. When, when you when you know, when you start hearing people, not, you know, not, nothing against these people. But when they start throwing gender and all this stuff into it, man, they don't you don't really understand hip hop from its foundation to where it is now. You know what I'm saying? I tell people all the time for every Ice Spice uh, Takashi 69, we had <laughs> some garbage motherfuckers back in the day, but they weren't they weren't pushed to the front. Today is different. They're pushing people that literally can't rap. Like if, if you can't rap, I get it. If you make good songs, cool. Because we've always we've always had people that can't rap, but they make good songs. Hammer was 30 times platinum. But if you can't rap and the song is whack, why are you on, why are you on the first thing when I open my Instagram, when I open my Google page? Like, why is it you the first thing I'm seeing? That's on purpose. Well, well you know, you have this other thing that's happening, too, that I noticed, um, which is a lot of this music. And I'm not trying to pick out Little Nas X or Cardi B. It's just that that was something that was thrown out. Right, right. But a lot of this music, I'm not. Listen, you want to listen to it. Cool. But the meaning is projected onto it. Like there's an attempt to take this and make it do more than it's actually doing. And I've been trying to figure that out for a long time. But it kind of like I felt the same way about this sort of black excellence wave. Yeah. The idea was when you don't have avenues for radical change, right, you start to try to make 
the mundane shit you do feel radical to satisfy yourself. So it's like listening to um, a chick talk about her pussy and you putting your nose in her booty hole and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's not radical. I'm sorry. It's not very it's radical. It's titillating in the way that performance art is when like a white woman gets on stage and takes a shit. It's the most yeah. basic. It's like, oh, I can't believe that happened. That's the shit that excites white girls. Right. We haven't had that in rap forever since its inception. We've been talking dirty in rap. That's that's nothing new, right? That's nothing so, new, no. So my point being that like people want to make the status quo radical. And yeah. that is what fucks it up. You can't be an establishment radical. You can't one dude sat there and said, I've been telling your people. You don't amplify these voices. It's like these people have scripts, you know, he's like these people writing for white sites. Homeboy, there are not many black sites and they ain't paying and they got enough voices on them. But also the guy who was saying this writes for Rolling Stone. I'm like, what are you? This not, you're not an establishment radical. And it's not radical to like Cardi B. Like it, it's the farthest thing from it. The music has to have the meaning. Don't put the meaning on the music and make it do more than it should do. These aren't all political anthems or statements of rebellion and excellence. Sometimes a jam is just a jam. Sometimes right. like a, some of the reggae joints back in the day or when Computer Love came on to close the party, this means somebody's ass is going to rub against me. I don't like this because I'm declaring my blackness and my rebellion against the oppressive state. I want some ass. <laughs> no, right, right, care. right, right, right. It's not that complicated. And so sometimes it, it feels painful to hear people with these long protracted like missives about how the black body is set free and a nigga, shut up. Yeah, I'm just, and, that. That's and, and the black body, like, you know, yeah. uh, I, I just tune out. I'm so sick of the whole black body thing. When you hear black body, heteronormative and all this other kind of shit. <laughs> all right, bro. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, the shock, the shock, the shock value of hip hop is old as the day is long. You know, like I said, Grave Diggers, Brother Lynch Hung, Luther Campbell. You know, I ain't, I didn't see women twerking on TV until I seen Supercat <laughs> and Luther Campbell. Okay. Like, that's the first time I've seen that, but I heard it. I mean, when you talk about misogyny, you don't have to go any further than NWA's song, My Automobile. I mean, damn. You know what I mean? But you knew what you was getting when you listened to NWA. The difference is, Today, you could tell it's contrived. So when I see Suki Yohana and what's that ugly girl name, Sexy Red? When I, see, when I see them rapping and she say, I know my coochie good because I stay pregnant. That's not even a bar. <laughs> see, it'd be different. This And this is something I told T when we were talking about the piece. I was like, you know, sometimes we need to just tell the truth. The music is it's just not good. It's just whack. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what they they talking points are or how they think they're going to empower themselves or whatever. It's just not good. There's other rappers we could find out there that have that are good, great artists that are women. We don't I don't it's almost like how I remember when I was in college, we was I was in the black studies department and they wanted me to be a part of a hiring committee. And they were going to hire this brother from Tupelo, Mississippi. His brother was cold. I mean, his brother was off the hook. But the faculty came out and said, if you guys hire a man and don't hire a woman, we're going to um, they're going to go to the president or the dean or something, whatever they were they were going to do. And I was like, OK, well, can we get a woman that's qualified? So they thought they found someone that was qualified. The entire department doesn't exist anymore. And it wasn't because she was a woman. It's because she couldn't do the job. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you could have we could go find the artists and find the people that can do the job. We don't have to just throw anybody out there because it's a woman like that's dumb. You know what I'm saying? And, and what it does is it waters down the culture. It waters down the music. And it's and the music is where it is now, where for whatever reason, the artists that were supposedly not relevant, they're killing it right now. And the artists that all these people keep telling us are dope can't sell out a show, can't sell a record, male and female. Um, You know, what then? I want to go back to was the idea about um, East Coast not doing work with uh, West Coast until Ice Cube. And this is going to be something that I think might be a controversial thing to say. But I think it took a little while for the West Coast, I think, to catch up um, lyrically. Like a lot of the early, early West Coast people, I think, were good, but they didn't really uh, start hitting the cutting edge until like around like... Um, Ice, Ice T and early and the early NWA, and I feel like um, on the production side, because people don't know this, but L Cool J, uh, bigger and deafer. That we whole production L, was done out in L A. Yeah, the whole production yeah. was uh, L A. Pooh had a lot to do with that. Yeah, DJ Pooh, the L A. Posse, the whole production, and I feel like on the production side, New York was fucking with LA but uh it took a while I think some of it was unfair because people were resistant against it but I think when 
um, the lyrical side started catching up to the production side. You started having like um, Too Short doing uh, stuff in, in New York and especially the tours because there were a lot of tours at the time where East Coast people, because people don't know this, but Kid and Play toured with NWA. Yeah. And this is still stories about it to this day. EPMD toured with uh, Ice-T and NWA. So I feel like there was always like a lot of uh, collaboration. There was a lot of pushback also because out here, you know, the radio stations were ran by older black people and they yeah. wanted to hear Luther and they wanted to hear Donny Hathaway. They wasn't trying to hear King T. Yeah, they were you know, trying to hear King, King T. King T, Act the Fool came out in what, 88, 87? Which is one of the greatest album covers of all time. King yeah. T came out and he was doing his thing, but NWA, when NWA hit, it was like visual. Yeah. It was visual. Uh, I mean, being uh, uh, a King T fan, King T bought us the licks. I mean, yeah. Uh, Donald yeah. D was, Donald D was a West Coast act that I used to like. Yeah, Donald D was from the West Coast. So was, yeah. uh, uh, what's his name? He did this on the Batarang. Yeah. Now, uh, now, I'm not going to gaslight you and say the anti West Coast sentiment was not there in New York because definitely was. Oh, but I, I just was think, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, uh, very, uh, exaggerated. Like, like people didn't really see or remember like a lot of the love that the, that the East Coast was given to, uh, cause I, I think that, that also wasn't as vocal and, and visible. It wasn't amplified. It wasn't amplified yeah. in any of the publications. It wasn't yeah. amplified on TV, whether it was Yo! TV Raps. I can't really speak on Ralph McDaniels because we didn't get that out here. You know what I'm saying? But, it, but... It, 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 it was true. And, you know, it, it's a matter of evolution, too, because then you hit a point in New York where you had people who were from outside of New York running New York radio and playing everything but New York rap. Local New yeah. York couldn't get on Hot 97. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just happened. Yeah. But it was real. I remember listening to the radio. Underground shows, whatever else. They'd play a West Coast song or I remember very famously a Bill Bonthouse song and yeah. just fucking laugh, bro. They yeah. would just clown this shit. Yeah. That wasn't all of us, though. They were, but there were definitely cliquish people who were doing that. But I mean, like, not that DOC is West Coast. He ended up out there from Dallas. But like, you know, that was shit that instantly hit. That was, yeah. He was one of the greatest voices of all time. This is one of the greatest tragedies, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. um, but uh, you know, uh, the other thing was the video shows. Yeah. The, the underground video shows were originating in New York, and you had to be here to be on them. Every once in a while, West Coast group would come through, but that's what we were seeing. That's what we were hearing. It was just hard to crack it. Once st stuff started cracking it, yeah, man, people were listening. So, like, yeah. I do think it, and you said too short, you know, with, like, when the West Coast caught up lyrically, but even short was saying people were just, he's like, hey, they say the dog can't rap. Yeah. Well, kind of proved that, you know? Right, like, yeah. But you know, I was like, this is a different style. It's funny you say that because I was about to say what you said about your own TV raps. I don't even think that's 100% true because it depends on if you're talking about the Fab Five Freddy edition. No, 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 the no, Ed no. Lover edition. The Ed Lover edition. The Ed Lover edition was definitely anti West Coast. But yeah. Fab Five Freddy had. That's how I first heard about NWA. Yeah, Fat Five Freddy came out to Compton. Yeah, yeah. Fat Five Freddy showcased all the West Coast yeah, people really yeah. early. Because remember, I learned about them from them. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Because I, I saw I saw Too Short. I'm like, who the fuck is this dude? I, I looked him up and found out he was selling what he was selling. I'm like, huh? How is he selling <laughs> yeah. like that? I never heard uh, boo about this guy. But this is something that Ed Lover said, and I, I had to I had to give yeah. him his respect. When he talked about how he, he couldn't stand Too Short, he yeah. said, but then he went out to Oakland. And he realized that Too Short is talking to his community. And I mean, you know, nobody talked about it back then because it wasn't unless you live out here. But Too Short always said the city of dope. You know what I'm saying? But that's where all the pimping, all the dope dealing, Felix Mitchell, you know, all the, the movie The Mac was shot in Oakland. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, he's talking to his community. But we also understood that KRS-One was talking to his community. Wu-Tang was talking to Staten Island. I ain't never been to Staten Island. But one thing about Wu-Tang, Kane, Rakim, I know they're not talking to my community because it. I know they're talking to black people, mm -hmm. right? Now, that doesn't mean we're all the same. We're not a monolith. So we're not all the same. But I know that they're talking to black folks. I might not understand the experience, but I will go on like, uh, like I told T. I said, I'm coming to New York next year. I'm going to go to the Yankee game. I said, I want all that old New York shit. I want rats. I want the racist Italians. I want the cops. I want all that shit from 1977. You know what I'm saying? Because to me, when I looked at, like I told T, I said, man, it's something about New York. I said, even when you watch the movies, like when they're in New York, you see steam coming from a manhole. Like what the hell is yeah, a lot of that shit. A, a lot of that shit is gone. Just I'm. I'm, I'm like that anymore, <laughs> <brother>. <laughs> Brace yourself, man. The rats are still there. They're eternal. <laughs> hey, and, and there was a. I think there was one person like you know how this shit is weird. How people get weird. Um, I don't check social media. 
So right, uh, right. What the stuff that I was seeing was like friends of mine who are actually in the social media universe, they'll send me a screenshot and be like, oh, this person said this argument or something. And so like one person was on Instagram doing some weirdo shit. Uh, this piece has been going around. Everyone loves it. I don't know that I love it. I read it three times. I don't know. I love it. Um, felt a little hollow. I felt he needed to show some culpability and vulnerability and, and put himself in it. And I'm like, listen, man, if I were to write about gentrification in New York City, what politics and culpability and vulnerability you need to hear from me? I think that the tendency in the last 10 years of mediocre Negroes talking about themselves all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah has infected essays in a way where people expect that. Like, you know what? My life is somewhat compelling, bro. I grew up homeless. And then I've been having projects. My best friend got shot and killed execution style. My cousin got shot and killed in a nightclub. You know, my uncle killed four people and beat that rap. That's where I come from. Yeah. Has nothing to do with this hip hop piece. And my life, whether it's compelling or not, is not the point. There's one personal detail I dropped in there. I said, hey, here's where I'm from. My cousin is one of the fucking originators of this shit. And it wasn't saying like, this means something. What I was trying to signal was, hey, uh, niggas, this is for us and a conversation for us. Yeah. It might be a defector, but this is one of us. I'm not one of them white people telling you, oh, your shit is, oh, it's about violence and twerking. No, I'm trying to tell you, hey, I'm really from this, so let's have a real combo. But all the personal stuff is what I don't need. These people are compelling as a dried meatball on a sidewalk, nigga. And they don't stop talking about themselves. They inject themselves into everything. And they all get deals deals for memoirs. Yeah. And they all get deals for memoirs on top of that. They go straight to the bargain bin. It's like, I don't even know how many landfills are filled with you guys' memoirs. (laughs) Nobody fucking cares, you know? But also, like, there are interesting... This this podcast right here is reminding me of what it is that I'm missing. These interesting conversations. Hey, here's how I felt. Here's what was going on here. Or you brought up Hammer. Hammer is whack. The other day, Cormega, of all people, from Queens came out and said, I want to give Hammer his flowers. I strongly disagree. I don't want to give Hammer no flowers. <laughs> <laughs> no, shit was whack. But I do, I will say this, and I think Cormega meant this as well. I'm not going to speak for Corey McKay, who's a real motherfucking nigga. And I never going to, I respect him and his life and his opinions and his hip hop. Hammer deserves something, though. Yeah, 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 he does. He's got he does. Yeah. And dragged yeah. publicly by Ice Cube. Yep. By Q-Tip. By yep. many people, but like those are two people who at the time were luminaries who straight up called them out on record. Yeah, right? yeah. And a lot of us felt like he deserved it. But you go on and look at what Q-Tip did after that. Go yeah. on what Ice Cube did down the road. Yeah, yeah. Shit, look at Common who made I Used to Love Her. Common is every bit the sellout that Hammer was more cynically. Yeah, yeah. Some of the common songs he did with these white girls doing pop rap where he he pops up on the chorus and black people didn't know about it and shit and the advertisements and all the cheese ball shit. They owe him an apology because all of that strictly, this is the real shit. We don't do this and all of that. That's a conversation that needs to be had too. Like, let's be honest, we did lean very much in the mainstream American capitalism. A lot of us, he was right, trust me. They're dying the floss. He was right about that. And it's like, man, this dude's whole shit got shitted on. And I don't even think he was being that cynical. No. And, and you know, the funny thing is that Hammer never claimed to be, Lyrical, you know, miracles, all the things that, spiritual. yeah, he never claimed to be that. And, you know, unfortunately, he gets put in the same lane as a Vanilla Ice because Vanilla Ice was hot at the time. <laughs> With with you know with children mainly, but Hammer. The only thing I can say bad that I didn't like that Hammer did was that popcorn chicken commercial. I don't know what. That oh yeah. Is. Oh my god! Like that was just bad. We we they almost put us back in chains. But he does deserve flowers because he had something that no one else was doing. But if you really think about it, now I know Hammer wasn't great lyrically. You know I don't think he was trying to be. He was more yeah. or less trying to be a performer. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when you com- when you compare <laughs> Prince to Michael Jackson. Prince is a musician. Michael mm-hmm. Jackson's a performer. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but Kane was dancing too. Heavy D was dancing. Scrap lover. Everybody was dancing. Yeah. yeah. And, and we liked it. Like and we liked it. was the main attraction. Though. Like, we, and we liked it. We if cannot we go lie back to some of the Hammer songs, yeah. I felt like there was a very strong aura of corn. So like, yeah. you seen her? <laughs> Yeah. Or we got to pray just to make it today. And that's how you yeah. get you got to come back with pumps and a bump and it's all good. Yeah, on death row. 
That yeah, shit yeah, got yeah. real, you know, him and the Speedo grinding. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 those, and those sequin baggy parachute pants. But I remember yeah. he, had the, he had the homeboy and his crew with the really crazy triangular flat top that was greasy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but I will say I watched some of his videos and I was a, I was a hammer hater. But I watched some of his videos and the dancing a lot of those videos, the performance ship, it aged really well. But I oh, just yeah. I was so narrowly focused because I was one of those people that's like lyrical, miracle, spiritual stuff, uh, like to a fault. And I'm gonna say something that I think, you know, I don't know how people feel about it, but I got into a lot of West Coast hip hop later after the fact, you know, like uh retroactively. And I gotta say, man, a lot of it holds up better than the lyrical, miracle, spiritual stuff. Because some of those punchlines just don't age well, man. Whereas the stuff like NWA and Ice Cube were talking about, it was lyrical, but it was about stuff that people still deal with to this day. Like, you know, like about uh, sellouts or the police or like, um, you know, dealing with scandalous women or whatever. And, you know, there's like a maturity of it beyond its years where it's like, damn, he's talking about shit that, you know, like, uh, for example, this is Big Daddy Kane's song, uh, Stop Shamming, which came out later in his career. And it wasn't one of his big hits, but I feel like it ages better than a lot of his songs that I like better at the time because I feel like punchlines, it's like a joke. If you hear a joke for the 10th time, it kind of wears off. Like, you know, like, it, uh, even if you like it in the beginning, but something about life, if a rap is about life, it ages better. Like, you know, the older you get, the better you understand what the person was talking about. Like, oh yeah, this actually hits hits better. And I think uh, that was an advantage. I think West Coast rap, pioneered better than east coast rap whereas like we started with stuff like melly mel and the message and a lot of stuff like that but we didn't really stay there we kind of stayed in the party and lyric stuff and um so that's one thing i'll give the west coast major flowers i think this stuff aged better because they just talked more about yeah i mean when you live life than than, than new york did nothing new york didn't do that but it wasn't as heavy well i think i think also like when you listen to ice cube who's from south central but then you listen to MC8, who's from Compton, <coughs> and then you might listen to Cam or t- today, um, what's that brother's name um, from TDE? He's from Watts. Cam, like, oh, Watts up Cam? Yeah. Yeah, Watts up Cam. That's a different, those are three different perspectives. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, you got MC8, who was, who was an active gang member. You know what I'm saying? Track New Park Crip. He was a real gang member. His perspective is different than Ice Cube, who can, you can tell Ice Cube is on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You could tell. And I think sometimes what we end up doing is, because there's been a lot of uh, people mad at Ice Cube lately, and I'm like, yeah, but Ice Cube is 50 now. He's like 52. When he wrote Fuck the Police, he was 18. Yeah, and I remember, make- I, I remember that was one of your disagreements with the piece, right? Was the Ice Cube take? Yeah, well, not just that, but it was the whole, the uh, the political side. Of it. I don't believe, I don't believe that hip hop has ever had a unified idea politically. I think no, hip hop has happened. always been an individualistic, you got to remember, as much as people hate Trump, how many fucking rap videos was Trump in back in the day? Everybody had Trump in their videos, you know, or they was going to Trump parties. Oh. On our own. What is it? Um, the Bobby Brown one. The is Bobby Brown video. Yeah. Yeah, he come walking out of Trump Towers. So it's like, fast forward, and one thing, you know, they call me Professor Presentism. <laughs> I don't want to have presentism when we talk about the way we think today for people that existed 35 years ago. They still exist, but their mindset is different. Shit, when I was 18 years old, I was gangbanging and selling dope. So I know that today, I work in schools now. I wouldn't, ne- i tell kids in a minute, gangbanging? What the fuck? It's 2023. We'll get a sure. fucking job, you know? So I think sometimes we lose track of that, or not saying you did this, but I see, I see other people doing this, because Ice Cube talk to Tucker Carlson, they uh, who told you Ice Cube was a Democrat? You know oh, what I'm who, who told you any of these rappers were politically affiliated with either either one of these parties? Because really, if you think about it, when you listen to Jay-Z, especially in the 90s and early 2000s, that motherfucker's Republican. You know what I'm saying? When I hear... He doesn't uh, think so, though. You said it again? He doesn't think so, though. <laughs> he his mind. When he's an imaginary big, player, that's some Republican shit. Of course. But th- I don't think hip-hop... I, I, so I'm going to talk to a few points. One is I'm going to disagree with Trevor in terms of the storytelling. So I'll, I'll say two things on that. No, one is a lot of that storytelling stuff is derivative from KRS-One. If even if you listen to MC8 growing up in the hood, that's him taking "Love Is Gonna Get You" and making a yeah. West Coast version. Even yeah. to the point of where I'm at, if you're soft, you're lost. Sampling yeah. this place, right? Yeah. 
And that's not taken away from him, but I'm, I think there's still a lot of songs with the total Compton story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying the West Coast created it. I'm just saying no, 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 that no, no, they, they, not, they, they created it. I'm just saying I do think there's some stuff that holds up, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I just think the West Coast ran with it more. Like I feel like it wasn't as big sure. a proportion. There was a, there was a more sort of like raw reality based kind of rap, like urban yeah. you know, realism, sort of like yeah. Richard Wright type shit, right? Right. But right. but what I what I would say is like. I don't want to. I don't want to say. Punch Cube's one of my favorite rappers of all time. I yeah. think that we can separate the music from the person for sure. Right, and right. I, there was that controversy with Tony Ayo was was on that podcast, and he's like, "Ice Cube's a better story to tell it than Biggie." Oh yeah, I seen that. Yeah, and he yeah, kept yeah. repeating the, you know, today's agenda, sent the suitcase, and I'm like, bro, you could take a late, a mid career Ice Cube album that I didn't even like, like Lethal Injection, and he's mm-hmm. got a joint on there. Um, Ta-da! How you like yeah. that joint? How you like me now? I'm in the mix. It's 1986, and yeah. I, I, I never heard a Biggie song that's a better story than that. Like that's yeah. a wild. That's, and and that's not even saying that's not even throwing in my summer vacation from. Yeah, no, this uh, is a late career. Yeah, that's a late a ice career one. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like yeah. to me, it wasn't an even even an argument. So I wouldn't take that away from him. What I will say is this, and we can't pretend this isn't an honest to God thing about rap. When it first emerged. One of the things that made it so real, so raw, and so unique is that a lot of people were saying, nah, this isn't just music. And MCs leaned into that. This is not just music, bro. This is for the people. This is political. This is stance. This is anti-establishment. And I believed it. Now, just like you're saying, people were 18 back then. Well, not, I was like 15 and shit. So I'm listening. I'm like, yo, Cube said, turn off that bullshit. Turn off yeah. that fucking radio, right? Then he said, um, he said, burn Hollywood, burn Republican yeah. and King. Yeah. And then he was in Are We There Yet in Anaconda. <laughs> Shortly yeah, after yeah, saying, yeah. turn off the radio and telling Hammer to stay true to the game, he was making we be clubbing and you can do it, put your ass into it. Now, I'm not saying I sat there, I was like, yo, we got to fuck that nigga up. But I was like, okay, this thing is cynical. Like, that's, yeah. a, and that was early. This is way before the Tucker Carlson. I don't think any rapper needs to be a Democrat. I have a lot of issues with the Democratic Party, but I think there's a difference between saying the Democratic Party is falling short of a lot of its stated goals and how it's supposed to serve Black people if they really expect us to be allies and doing business with Steve Bannon and trying to front like you want some Black power shit. That just raises, I'm like, everybody seems a little bit cynical and self-serving and that includes jay-z who supports the hell out of the democratic party on the surface you know but that doesn't do anything for me either i don't care one way or another i'm just saying it's very wild at 50 to remember how we felt about these figures being like iconoclastic anti-establishment and to realize they made a lot of money and they're doing something oh, yeah. oh, and it's yeah. like where are we exactly? You but, know? Then let's, but let's think of it from this angle, though. Now, when Ice Cube and I and we we I think we've done a podcast on this because I always accuse hip hop fans of not really loving hip hop. Um, Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones can go to Madison Square Garden tomorrow, and it's gonna sell. Oh, yeah, out. yeah. Big Daddy can go to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, and he's from New York, from Brooklyn. Shoot, right? I've seen I've seen Big Daddy Kane in recent years, and it's like in basements of bars and clubs. Oh, yeah. So, so this and yeah. so this is my point. If we're wondering what happened with Ice Cube, the question should be what happened with us because we stopped supporting their music. You know, after like you said, Lethal Injection. I don't even remember what album was after that. There was a Predator, Lethal Injection, and then I don't even remember. And, I, and Ice Cube was one. Was well, that one rappers. with Mr. Short Cop and Push Rhymes? Yeah, War and Peace. It's called War and Peace. Yeah, he had one song on there, which is probably one of the greatest stories called Ghetto Vet. And he, he and Ice Cube does this thing where he can, and I get it. I know where he's from. He can give you the perspective of somebody that was an OG gang member, been through the crip module and jail, all of that. And mm-hmm. I don't even know how the hell he knows this stuff. But he's very he's very intelligent when it comes to telling someone else's story out of their perspective. But uh-huh. when are when are we what year are there are we there yet? Come out 98, 99, something like that. See, we wasn't even like we won't even support our artists. We I see hip hop fans when it's see when you see um Ice T got a new album or Kane. I, Kane's got a song with speech from arrested development. That nigga spitting. But the thing about it is 
We won't even listen to it. We'll say, oh, man, anybody trying to hear that old shit? You know what I'm saying? Anytime our artists that built this thing, this foundation, even, even the newer artists, like we even hate when artists get too big. Jay-Z get too big, now he's in the Illuminati. All of a sudden, Kendrick put out to Pimper Butterfly, oh, that's whole tap rap. Like, damn, dude, like we don't even give our own artists a chance. And then when they go this way and do something different, we get mad at them. It's like the kid who has a toy. And he ain't playing with it. And then when somebody else go pick it up, he start crying. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't, we just don't really, we we won't admit it. We don't really love hip hop. I don't know that we don't, though. So here's the thing. I, and this is why I wanted to have this conversation about rap and about how hypercapitalist it is. We don't get anything statistically from education, right? We, meritocracy shuts us out. So we've done it. We've gone and we've gotten educated. We've gotten degrees. And statistically, we still don't make more money. We you know, the racism is still strong. The black excellence movement happened. A managerial class got some money. Yeah, yeah. Affirmative action got rolled back. Yeah. Shit worse than ever, right? The one thing that we do know is that capital can be a more of a liberating force. We've seen that from people, right? We lean into capitalism. And so I think culturally, we are a little more predestined to lean into like what's new, what's shiny now, mm -hmm. what's cool. Don't dwell on the past too much. But the other thing is, I don't think we ever supported hip hop because we can't. We don't have the capacity as a community. We're such a small percentage. Like until white people started buying the albums, there wasn't nobody going to buy it. Right? Yeah. And white people don't give a fuck about no. black history. No, so no. there's got to be some new shit. So part of it, like the Stones can sell out because there's so many white people to choose from to buy those tickets. Like a lot of people don't give a fuck about them, but enough always will. Enough of us probably will percentage wise still. But like we're all over the country, we can't even travel. We don't have the capital to tra all travel to the same place and make a day of it on average if we're being real about black finances in America. So like, I think I love all of that stuff still and I wish I could support it. I don't know that we really ever had the culture built in. And I find that interesting to talk about. Like, I don't want to assign blame. Like we failed these niggas or, yo, this is, this is better than that. But I do find it interesting because black people are very like we can pretend we're very puritanical about how we discuss our culture. But we're the first ones to judge things in that sort of like whatever's hot is new, but also yeah. like what's a list? What's your top 10? And to me, that's like that's the opposite of culture. Yeah. I don't know my top 10. And, and also if with rap having a history, it does. And with humans having tastes. How come always it's the same 10 niggas? <laughs> it's like, always Nas, Biggie, Tupac, Jay-Z. I'm going to throw in Rakim or K.R.A. Yeah, 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 yeah. From the West Coast, I'm going to say Cube or Snoop. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. One of the problems, people have no memories. Like, for example, I was trying to tell people that no one would admit to it now, but in the heyday of rap, uh, the Fat Boys were like a top five group. And, yeah. and like, I think too many people worry about sounding cool. So people don't want to admit what they liked if it didn't age well. You know what I yeah. mean? But there's a lot of stuff that was more popular than the people, than the stuff people are claiming is top five now. And like they were listening to that and not the, like, like for example, uh, I remember uh, when Foosh Nickens were out. Yeah. And I was trying to get people to listen to stuff like, uh, you know, stuff. I met mean, some friends. I was trying to get them to listen to this uh, group Wu Tang. And like, get the fuck out of here. They pop it out and they put Foosh Nickens. And if you were to ask any of those people now, uh, who are you listening to back then? They'd be like, yeah, I'll listen to like... Uh, the same people that tell you they never listen to Kwame. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think that's a big problem with... Uh, I, I still run a Kwame song called The Rhythm. It was a dope song. Oh, they, that was... They, the, really, he did yeah. They would make it on crossover R&B songs nobody wanted to Yeah, do. yeah. Not the average rapper. rapper. The, the K is more. Yeah, and stuff. Like, yeah. We, you know, like, this, why we always have to that. lie about what we love, man? Why we got to yeah. lie about what we love, man? We yeah. love the Foosh Nickens. We loved... Um, Kwame. Kwame. Yeah, I, 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 I still remember that classic Kwame line, like not the average rapper, the K is more rhymes like the thunderbolts of the mighty Thor. That was a hot, that was a hot little verse. That was bro. a bar. He yeah, said, uh, like, brother, slicking it all rap gets so hot it makes you spitball the rhythm. Yeah. But <laughs> and he was smooth. Das effects. Yeah, das effects. Diggity triggity riggity. Yeah. yeah. But, but everyone loved that. I mean, to the point that Cube was imitating yep. them and had them yep. on his remixes. Like, yep. Yeah, everybody was yep. ripping them off. Yeah. Yeah. They were huge. They were putting them in movies. But but I think old people have to admit that too, and and I'm I fully lean into that. You know, like um people are like, yo, these young kids are rapping over Vanessa Carlton beats. They're rapping over pop songs about killing. And 
It's true, and it does sound goofy, but like, bro, nice and smooth was rapping over weird and like, yeah, oh man. yeah, <laughs> like the samples for those and the lyrics. It was my favorite cartoon. Like, I loved like, it, but that's yeah. part of what culture is too: is context and knowing that there are reasons you loved it. It was the time period where everyone was listening to you, around you, in the references, and you might miss those things. And I'm open to saying that what I'm saying is not your know, your music is whack. I'm not saying that to young people. I listen to some of it. Some of it is fucking still very creative. Yeah. You know, but it's like, look at the environment. Look around. It's it's so weird. Like, and that's the point I'm trying to make about jazz. Increasingly, the people talking about the music and controlling and dictating what's cool, and what's, they're not us, right? No. Like, you can't have a conversation about Hamilton. You know, like, that shit was already verified. And, and I, I've said this before. I went to college with Lin-Manuel. He was a nice guy, bro. I don't have nothing against him. And I, yo, get $10 billion off a musical if you want. But if we're going to pretend that's artistic rap or even good rap, as opposed to just a musical that white people like, then I have a problem with the discourse. We should be able to talk about that. We should be able to talk about the New York Times writing joints about white people beatboxing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, uh, all of the bloggers, we, Andrew Barber. The, the dude from Chicago, Lakeshore Drive, something. This dude makes errors all the time in his recounting of hip hop. Imagine being so arrogant that you put yourself at the forefront as a voice of the culture and you're who he is. And there's no pushback. And that's what's interesting to me. All of the top writers, is it Cara Monica or whatever his name is at the New York Times, a white dude going up to Fordham Road and chilling with Ice Spice, it's a little bit funny. You know, the dude writing that shit for ESPN, I was talking about, they're like, hey, we're veteran voices in the hip hop space. And it's like two white guys telling me that Jada Kiss's bar was for the streets. I don't think he was in those streets, man. Maybe not, I was- not, not only that's funny you said that, but not only that, not only that, but these same people for somehow or another. And I don't know if it's the artist's fault. I don't know if it's their PR team or what. They always seem to be able to get next to these rappers. But black writers are always looking from afar. Mm-hmm. And it makes you want to believe that maybe, you know, you, you start to tell yourself that maybe rappers don't like their fans or don't like black people. I don't know. The discourse, I think, has become narrower. And there's not, yeah. there's so many people writing about it and yet no real conversations happening out of that interest. And I know that because yeah. I'm seeking them out. Like, I love these conversations. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, just op-ed pieces. It's just op-ed pieces of people giving their opinions. You know, like to me, like right now today, Today, Kendrick Lamar is my favorite rapper. I like Kendrick Lamar because one, he gives me a uh, he gives me a taste of both worlds. Like Kendrick Lamar shouldn't be appealing to me. I'm 42 years old. You know what I mean? But he understands hip hop culture to the point to where he can give me the perspective of someone his age and also tell tell me what was going on when I was you know at my age and younger. And he's also mature. Like I think also having a, a, a maturity aspect to his music also helps. And I didn't look at you know, I always looked at his career as it's growing when you heard Section 80, when you heard um, Good Kid, Mad City, and then Tip of a Butterfly, and then Damn, and then this latest one. This is the stuff that Black people claim that we want. Black people be the first ones talking about, we need to go to therapy. We need therapy. We, he did an album talking about therapy. Oh, man, that shit was wild, man. Fuck that. Don't, don't nobody want to hear a whole album of therapy. You just said that. You, I think you did. He did to Pimper Butterfly was the same thing. Man, that's whole tip rap. Don't nobody want it. Wait a minute. What do you but, but want? I think I think one big problem, and this was one of the um minor issues I had with the perspective of the piece, is that I feel like what we think about as the rap of our day, it sold millions, but it sold millions over years because it became iconic and whatever. But a lot of it, the first year or two was out. A lot of it didn't even go gold. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. And yeah. I think part of the problem with trying to discuss rap today is um, what we consider like mainstream rap now routinely sells in the millions. And yeah. I think a problem that makes it hard to make it an apples to apples discussion is rap that sold in the millions was always questionable. Like back in the days, the only rap that like, you know, sold in the millions out the gate was stuff like, um, you know, Hammer or Vanilla Ice or whatever. And no one really, people had the same complaints. Like to me, I think the bigger problem isn't so much that rap is getting um, worse so much as that there's no way to find that pocket of like selling 500, 400,000 copies uh, max the first two years rap. Like that's drowned out. What's that? None of it can work that way. And let me just... 
to clarify this. I never said hip hop was worse. I said hip hop has lost his mind. I said this shit is some wild shit. And I'd like to talk about that because it's some wild shit. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.